Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of Masters of Our Domain, a podcast which is allegedly about Seinfeld. I'm Milo Edwards, someone who has never seen Seinfeld, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host, Phoebe Roy. Hello. That's all she ever says. Um, And this week, we are joined by a very special guest all the way from Los Angeles, California. Uh, It's Josh Androsky. How are you doing? Good. Hello. How are you? It's wonderful to be uh, here with you both and to be... Mm talking about a show that I a lot of my personality is devoted to hating and not knowing about is <laughs> <laughs> a is a delicate balance between the amount you have to know about it in order to hate it adequately yeah. like you have to find that kind of biting point in your relationship with Seinfeld exactly um, yeah know it know exactly how much to know to hate it without knowing mm. too much to also not be able to say like well i don't even fucking watch that shit <laughs> you don't want to get stockholm syndrome with seinfeld yeah. no you know too much and then suddenly you're like damn now i like it and seinfeld, seinfeld syndrome, syndrome. <laughs> yeah seinfeld syndrome is just like stockholm sy- syndrome except the victims are teenagers that you meet in a park <laughs> so what, what's what's the deal with falling in love with your captors yeah. <laughs> they're always yeah, doing it yeah you ever see you ever see these captors like at first you're like oh you're keeping me in a basement i'm not so keen on that and like before you know it you're like these are actually pretty cute hey this pi- this pillow's a lot nicer than the first one you had <laughs> that's just pretty <laughs> my nice. relationships don't last maybe i should be holding them captive Jerry's right. Maybe I am mature for my age. <laughs> Jerry. Jerry. I had a crazy idea. <laughs> Kidnapping. But adults. <laughs> Why is it got to be adults? Why does it always have to be a kid, Janap? Why can't it be a teen? And in some states, 17-year-olds are not kids. It should be called adult napping. (laughs) Kidnapping is when you steal a goat. That would be fun if one of the really funky, one of the really funky, you know, like wild politics states in the US decided to just make the age of majority 17 just as like a weird, a weird fuck you to the federal government. The age was. of consent. The age of consent is seventeen in some places. I'm not a libertarian, so I don't remember where. But it's- <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a map where it's like pinned in, right? Um, exactly. I don't. I don't. Oh, yeah, have no, but a- I mean, like properly, the age of adulthood, like fully, like you can vote and stuff like that. That would be fun because uh, the age of consent is sixteen in the UK. That's kind of pretty normal in Europe. Mm, um, that's apart so from weird. France when it's like eight. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the, that's their culture, though. Yeah. No, 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 I'm not turning my nose up at it. No, yeah, absolutely. who says white people what? don't have culture? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the French oh, have boy, always understood. Oh boy, how far are we in? <laughs> yeah, it's a very. Uh, we're not even as far in as you think because the Zencast has been running longer than the recording. Um, actually, that <laughs> comment was made exactly four minutes twenty into the recording. So fucking <laughs> jot that down. Jot All that right. down on your fucking bingo cards. Smoke them uh, if you got them. Go. You know, you can get like really cute libertarian maps on etsy and they've got like little winking lights everywhere the everywhere the age of consent is like 16 <laughs> little leds <laughs> it's really cute you can get customized ones for your boyfriend mm. or your husband it's yeah anywhere where it's 14 it's got one of them big like war room red <laughs> spinning <laughs> siren <laughs> thing. just the kill bill <laughs> 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 
yeah. they're all like they're all like linked up to EasyJet and stuff, so you can really easily book your flight. Oh, it's, you uh, it's very clever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just press the button. You just press the siren button, and so away when, you go. when Google used to have that "I'm feeling lucky" button, you yeah. can do that, but like <laughs> you just choose an age of consent range, and it just books you a flight. <laughs> Fucking hell! Why do I always end up in Vietnam? <laughs> Is, why do they call him Gary Glitter? No. He's not very shiny. <laughs> <laughs> what is the deal with that guy, uh, truly? Uh, everyone who was famous in Britain in the 1970s is basically a pedophile. There's very few people who weren't. Apart from Bruce Forsyth, yeah, Bruce Forsyth weirdly, weirdly, who, seem, who um, seems to have, like, against all possible odds, seems to have been a yeah, relatively sound guy. A sort of sexless man. Um, mm. Have you ever encountered Bruce Forsyth, Josh? It's the it's a, an incredibly British name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. I realise this as soon as we said it. It's like I, trying I, to explain Bruce Forsyth to an American. I feel like mm. I've heard of him, but please explain. Like refresh my memory if I haven't. He is like one of the most famous men in Britain ever. Was. Probably was. was. Yeah, well, he's dead now. No, well, he is still famous though. But he's, yeah, he yeah. is dead. Yes. I mean, and and he. He's also one of the, he was also one of those people who like for his entire life looked eighty years old. Like mm-hmm. if you see if you see a video of him from like the seventies, he looks exactly the same as he did like in two thousand and eighteen when he died. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna describe him for you, um, because we don't have a picture to hand. Like what I want you to imagine is a cheerful but unsettling mouse who is looking <laughs> in the back of a spoon and it's made his face really long but still like a mouse. Mm. This guy sounds great. What did he do <laughs> yeah. to be famous? He's, was it just he his was funny a, face? He was a light entertainment star. He like presented yeah. like quiz shows like, and chat calls. shows and stuff. Yeah, he did our version of Prices Right. Um, oh he did, wow! Uh, okay. He did Strictly Come Dancing. Latterly, he was like he used to do the generation. He was like a big tall guy with a mustache, like incredibly tall for a man of his age. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, he used to say all that. There, it's a good game. Yeah, that's he, was, a, he had loads that, yeah, of catchphrases. That's a, yeah, that's a really yeah. good Bruce like, Forsyth. He would come out on stage and he would go, "Nice to see you." And to then, see you, yeah, nice. And then people would shout back, "To see you, nice." And then that was just like a to the point where British. Just like suddenly very aware that like this sounds like we're doing a bit about <laughs> like a British like we're doing yeah. ultra on you, yeah. <laughs> like British it, it, version. I, I mean, what what it sounds like is a group of people who don't. Orgasm, like it just sounds. <laughs> it's just like nice to see you. See you, nice. Like, yeah, that is, that is right. Yeah, that's right. Most yeah. British cultural stuff is like a bit from The Simpsons about them accidentally tuning into British TV, like that. Pretty right. much, that is yeah, what no, it's no, actually they, like. They've, they've nailed us there. They, they, got, they, us, got, they got us. Right. They got us good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Josh, if you ever, if you ever, next time you come to the UK, if you walk into a room full of British people and shout, nice to see you, to see you, they will shout back, nice. Yeah, they, they will, I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm it's sorry. like, it's fucking, it's Pavlovian response at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's disgusting. I hate it. I hate it here. <laughs> and yet here we are. And yet here we are. Yeah, that is the British equivalent of Seinfeld, <laughs> is that catchphrase. Um, <laughs> all right, well, the episode. But no, it's um, not because you said he's not a nonce. No, 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 no. He's the only no. British light entertainment figure who was a- who's been a- who was active for that period of time who right. has not revealed himself to be a nonce or nonce adjacent. Or nonce adjacent. And that's yeah. why he's not British Seinfeld. Yeah. That's ah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. That's right. Tying it all back together. To be fair, Seinfeld's taste would be a bit old for the sort of classic British nonces. Yeah. That is no, true. No, no, they, they, they really do like that. There's no there's no kind of like 
there's no kind of uh, sort of chicanery and and shit housing with with your average British knots. None of this kind of. It's technically look, legal. Look, none of okay, that. Okay. Look. Right. Like I'm. I prefer a febophile. There's like no, there's none of that mm-hmm, shit. That no. at, just straight straightforward, straight down the line pedos. No mucking about. Absolutely, yeah. I just this this sounds like a little mounting a mounting a defense. If you don't like it, (laughs) there's the door. That's right. That's the trouble with a friend. There's the sixteen stroke seventeen year old door. (laughs) That is right. (laughs) Leads you straight to France. That's what the Eurotunnel is. That's right. Well, if you ask me about a fever files, what I think is there are too many of them coming over here. (laughs) Is wait, is it called the channel because it's a child trafficking tunnel? Yeah, that's right. Right, okay. It was originally going to link Britain and Belgium, the two most paedophilic countries in Europe, for a sort of exchange. Belgium. Oh, yeah, Belgium, definitely. Yeah? They've got that statue of the naked boy that they all love. There are statues of naked boys all over London. No, but it's like a pissing boy. It's like a kink. It's a kink <laughs> child statue. No, it's weird. It's originally the, it's originally the lobby of Burkine. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's right. Berkheim was originally in Belgium. Yeah, um, that's right. And that colonizers will have you believe otherwise. Berkheim is a it's a, a, a bodilization of of the of the name Belgium. There you go. It, it means Belgium. Belgium Hein. Yeah. Um, right. The episode yeah. of Seinfeld. <laughs> we're about we're about nine minutes in, which is usually about the point at which we actually we'll attempt to the discuss episode. Seinfeld. Um, Let's go. Uh, uh, Josh is Josh is hitting the weed pipe. It's time. <laughs> we're ready for it. Let's get there. Um, so the episode opens with a bit, as they so often do. Um, Seinfeld says, I've never seen an old person in a new bathing suit. Where are they getting these old bathing suits? My father has a bathing suit. It must be centuries old. And then he goes on to discuss how when you go and visit your parents, they offer you a bathing suit if you forgot yours. And it's always something very old that sort of floats in the water around you. Um, this hasn't happened to me. I do agree that old people do, have, do seem to have swimming costumes that they've owned for a long time. I have seen that. Well, I mean, yeah, everybody I guess what- does. Yeah, yeah, like I have, mm. I have swimming costumes I've owned for a long time. Yeah, yeah and you think you'll point. just keep them forever? By the way, mm. I'm sorry. You guys call them swimming costumes? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. They're much more elaborate than American bathing suits. It's like a big yeah, clown got a outfit. And, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a, a costume implies some sort of mask, right? <laughs> or or mm. a, like headwear or accessories or something <laughs> like that. Do I you, go swimming it, as the Joker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Makeup yep. or. Special All British swimming pools are like eyes wide shut. That's that's what we. That's <laughs> okay. What we yeah, and back to the nonces. Um, <laughs> eyes wide shut. Always. The kid pool is full of guys from the seventies. <laughs> um, okay, I want to know: Is this bit like a, a good example of what it's like? Because there were no jokes in in the, <laughs> the, these were just like observations and. Um, the closest thing he came to a joke was a tree trunks pun. This is one of the things this is one of the things that um, that we have identified as being a bit of an issue with Jerry's stand up specifically, mm. like only with his stand up, not with the not with the kind of not with the meat of the show. And actually from I think it's like season five, they stopped doing the bits entirely. They completely just like retire it as an idea. Uh, one mm. of the problems is that he sort of he he knows about observational comedy, but he's got so hung up on the observations that he forgets to put he forgets about the second half of the sentence. So yes. he's he 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 he's nailed the observation. He apps he one hundred percent knows what an observation is. Mm. And then and you he don't makes say them. any more about it. Yeah, and he makes observations. I mean, you he can't makes, you can't fault him you can't fault him on that. 
Mm. Um, I don't know. I think it's pretty funny the idea the idea of like that old people only have old bathing suits. I think that's I think that's fine. I think there's a thing about '90s comedy where we sort of forget that like the genre has developed a lot since then. And so in the sense that like there was kind of a point in the, there was kind of a point in the 90s where for the most part to be a comedian you just had to observe things. You didn't really have to make jokes about them. You just had to be like what is the deal with that? And then that's, people would be like, "Yeah, what is the deal with that?" That's 80% of comedy now. Yeah, okay. But it's not like <laughs> it's not like 80% of comedy that's considered good. Uh, I wouldn't be too sure. No. Uh, okay, we know. do live in Britain. It it, does, it it to me it just feels like I don't know. I mean, look, I I was born in 1987, so I was alive during the 90s and cognizant, and I watched Mm. a ton of, like, Comedy Central and stuff, but Mm. I I, I really came, you know, like, I became, like, conscious, really, like, in the late 90s, and I feel like comedy was more by that point. Like, you know, even, Mm. like, Stephen Wright was around, like, telling actual jokes. Like, there were people Mm. that were... That were like, te- but was Seinfeld always like this? Like in his stand-up yeah, no, no, too? Yeah, his no, his stand-up is very like kind of like mid-brow club comic. It's like, mm. it's where like if some like total fucking just total fucking loser insists on going on a date, like that's the that's the kind of comedy club mm. level that that Seinfeld's talking about. Like, oh yeah, no, no, I'm actually really into my comedy, so uh, thought it'd be really fun. I'm gonna go to a comedy club, like. See some of the acts, like that kind of shit. I just still thought that he told jokes. Like, I thought the jokes were probably, like, PG-rated or bad or whatever. But, like, watching this, um, what he has down, uh, aside from the observations, which, as you guys mentioned, he nails, is (laughs) cadence. He has the cadence Mm. of, like, and this... It's supposed to make you laugh, you know, like, and then I'm going to say mm. this part and then everyone's like, well, this thing, you know, like, and, and, and like that people like you could see it working on the show. Like the audience laughed at the points where he, you know, did mm. the voice like like the cadence thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it. That's the part. That's the part you need. It's just cadence. That's the bit. It's a classic. It's a classic Seinfeld bit. It's an observation. It doesn't necessarily go anywhere. Um. We then move into uh, the the meat the meat of the episode. Uh, so Jerry and Elaine arrive at Jerry's parents' house in Florida, um, and Jerry's parents begin arguing with him about why he got a higher car because he could have used their car, and they're sort of bickering amongst themselves about whether they in fact used their car and whether Jerry could have had it. Um, and uh, then Jerry's mother tries to convince Elaine to sleep in their bed instead of on the sofa bed. And then she's like, I couldn't kick you out of your bed. And then his mother is like, I don't even sleep. Um, there's just, there's lots of what they kind of set up in the early part of the episode is constant arguing about uh, whether or not you should accept something from someone else. Basically there's like, yeah. Yeah. Which is a theme of the episode. I'm it, once again, it, picking it, up on literary it is, stuff. It is a theme of the episode. Uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question. Um, uh-huh. As as ostensible members of the British left, um, yeah. mm-hmm. are you comfortable talking about how Jewish this episode was? Considering oh, yeah, what happened to Jeremy no, no, Corbyn? No, 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 no. This is like this is absolutely something that I like completely want to talk about uh, because <laughs> this is like every single part of this episode to me is. Uh, is indicative of the of the 
excessively complicated uh, network of kind of like rules, word charms, uh, ancient resentments that exist amongst, particularly amongst like communities mm. of elderly Jewish people, but also mm -hmm. between Jewish adults and their elderly Jewish parents. Like when when Helen is trying to give Jerry uh, is trying to give Jerry the bed and uh trying to give trying to give him the car it's like it's like to me it is the most like vivid and relatable thing like elderly jewish parents like they're basically pelicans like they spend like, <laughs> literally like spending half of their life just like yanking out their own breast feathers in order to feed their young They've with their own blood got a huge mouth yeah that they can fill with fish. Yeah, also, also correct. <laughs> Look, a ge like gefilter is a large thing. Like if it's mm. if it's done right, you mm. need a kind of pelican beak to kind. Do you they need have a bees gullet. <laughs> yeah, you need a you need a gullet because like because honestly, like I've come I mean up with a new trope, which is that Jews are pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cha I mean, this, change this the right. Change the long-standing uh, anti-Semitic like nose beak thing to a yeah. gullet. Like yeah, that's this the is, new. Yeah. That's the new twist. Like, <laughs> Think uh, about the Jews as they control SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I mean, look, I don't want to betray my people here, but gefilte fish is fucking disgusting. Like the only way, the only way that you can tolerate it is just by opening your, um, opening your, Whoa, could ethno, she say that? your ethno-religious pelican gullet and just yeah. chucking it down. Yeah, I can't wait until like l this clip is used by Keir Starmer to just fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> the left is at it again. <laughs> they want to take your gefilte fish. I, I, I welcome the, the large gullet of the Jewish people, but I think they could go further by consuming the gefilte fish in a more appropriate way. And Boris Johnson's just like, we love when the Jewish people unhinge their jaws like a snake and consume <laughs> the world economy. And everyone's like, yes, this is the this yeah. is fighting anti-Semitism. Yes. Yeah, no, no. It's just like write an entire write an entire novel where there's like just like a kind of there's literally just like a Jewish snake that lives in a bank and everyone's just like, <laughs> no, this is fine. Yeah, this, that's normal. This is what anti-racism looks like. Absolutely. That's yeah. right. Uh, mm. yeah, no, no. This is it's an an incredibly Jewish episode. And uh, like, yeah, the the very very complicated rules and regulations around accepting a gift because, like, I think a lot of people would watch this and be like, oh, this is a lot of like tropes about like about like Jewish people being like ungenerous or like tight with money, but that's mm. not what it's no. about at all. It's no. about how there is a uh, like a a Torah like level of very 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 complicated uh social convention rules about how you like relate to how, how you like relate to other people um how you like relate within your family and how you relate within your community and they are like they are eldritch they are completely baffling <laughs> to and, and, and like that's like this is deliberate it's a kind of it's a it's a self it's a self ghettoization like it is absolutely the case that Jack is like. We'll, we'll get onto this when we're like mm. talking about the plot. But when Jack offers him the pen, 
Jerry is in a weird position because according to Eldritch Jewish law, he both has to accept the pen to be polite, but he also has to turn it down because he has to recognize how much Jack likes the pen. So he's in this so he's in a kind of um mm. Schrodinger situation there but the but the, to the gentile viewer this is just a this <laughs> is just a this viewer. is just a complex situation <laughs> this is a complex and uncomfortable situation to find yourself in with your with your with your parents friend but no 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 this shit is fucking talmudic mm. yeah this was like an episode uh like you know how um they made a tv show about fargo um mm. yeah, yeah this would be like if they made a tv show about a serious man like that's what <laughs> that's what this 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 felt like um and yeah. and i it, you know when you talk about like a gentile like i cannot imagine a wasp in this situation no. No. <laughs> like mm. looking at this situation like it just feels like if alan dulles or like whoever is just like the most waspy person you can think of uh like mm. Uh, walked into the situation, I feel like their their head would explode. It would just be a very small pop, and then their yeah. body would fall limp onto the floor. Yeah, they would. Mm. They would never find themselves in this situation because they would. That could be a Seinfeld episode, actually, like the pop, and then it's just the guy's just head explodes <laughs> in their apartment, and then the whole thing is like, what they do about it? And Kramer's like, I know a guy who can get rid of a body. <laughs> yeah, they bring in Harvey Keitel from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> 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 so the Seinfeld Breaking Bad crossover that no one realized that they wanted until they saw no, it. The Seinfeld Pulp Fiction crossover actually works because you could just have Kramer do the Quentin Tarantino part yeah. uh, where yeah, yeah, yeah. he just says the N-word a bunch of times. He's he's used to it. Oh yeah, that's a that's a great point. Mm. I know I can get an acid bath, Jerry. We mm. don't need an acid bath. Bath, Jerry. Think of the George. heat. <laughs> George, just like, like, I gotta put the, I, I, I gotta stab her with the, the, the needle. I gotta, I gotta put the needle in her, Jerry. I gotta put the needle in her, Jerry. I gotta, hi ho, like just running and stabbing Uma Thur or whatever Julia Louis Dreyfus with the fucking uh, needle in the heart. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea that JLD is Mrs. Wallace in this scenario. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's good. JLD is always the hot chick, that'd be hot. regardless of what. Poor JLD um, in this episode did not have a lot. They did not give her a no, lot to work with. She doesn't with. have a lot to do, mm. but to, but like she eats up every single second that she's on screen. I yeah. don't she's know. Such a, she's such a scene stealer. This is jumping forward a bit, but uh, once she is, I, I she's the only person, the only actor I've ever seen who takes the direction of act high on pills with do <laughs> what can only be described as racist teeth. Like <laughs> it looks like she was doing like a very offensive, like uh, uh, Krusty the Clown Asian guy bit. Oh like, my with god! Her, I, her teeth. I like, absolutely have net like. Pills make you racist. That's I have what never read it like that at all. Although now, like now you've said it, I'm starting to wonder. What I, do we know? What do we know about Chinese guys? Is they love Valium? Um, <laughs> so, it, well, it seems like gonna, what her process was. Isn't it, isn't it supposed to be that like the muscle relaxants make your teeth kind of dry, so you end up doing the doing this oh. face? That, I don't. I don't remember yeah. that happening then, when I was on muscle like, relaxants recreationally. Like, Phoebe's doing one of her Milo's ex-girlfriend faces again. 
This is so one is of it, your. This is part of Phoebe's big repertoire of like the faces of my ex girlfriend. She likes. She learns all of their like is classic which, photo which faces. Which one is this? Uh, that was that was one of <laughs> faces, definitely. Oh, but, like, yeah, the no, no, dated no, no, a girl who didn't have lips. You dated a girl who didn't have lips. Yeah, like, she, I didn't yeah, discriminate. yeah, she didn't have lips, and she's got really thin hair as well. Um, <laughs> thin hair. This is Phoebe's biggest critique: is the thin hair. Look, I'm sorry. There's no excuse for hair that thin. There you go. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's kind of like this. Apart from Anglo jeans, that's the one. That's the fi- That's the smile right there. <laughs> it's great. Great on this audio medium. Um, uh, yeah, we'll get on. We'll get on to JLD's uh, pills. Pills incident. We're gonna. We're gonna add that as a as a um, Patreon tier. Like, if you want to see pictures of me doing impressions of my like yeah. hundred bucks a month, they can be yours. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there's a, there's a bit in the way like, like uh, uh, Jerry's mother calls him over into the kitchen and starts questioning him on why he's not sleeping with Elaine and he's explaining that they've broke, broken up. And then Jerry's father comes over and goes, why are you whispering? Um, uh, which I thought was it was a decent line. Um, and uh, then uh, he's yeah, trying to explain that. Yeah, all of the that. parent stuff, all of the old people in this episode mm. were great. They were delightful. Oh, yeah. It was, it. I think that this is like the strength of you know, I was actually really impressed for somebody that hates Seinfeld as much as I hate Seinfeld. I do have uh, a lot of um, nostalgic uh, feelings about Curb. I really liked that that show growing up um, and uh, haven't really revisited it much. Uh, but like I saw that Larry David wrote this episode. And I think the thing that like really shined through that's like really missing from modern television is the like old people patter of like um vaudeville that isn't mm. that yeah. isn't done in like a twitter voice of like oh, oh yeah, so yeah, that yeah. happened yeah mm. yeah it's it's the it's 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 yiddish comedy theater voice that's what it is it's always mm. funny pre- it'll yeah. always be funny just like yeah. looney tunes it'll always it'll be funny forever or like a yeah. guy falling down it'll just like, always be funny like a, like an el- like an elderly person saying like I should drop dead if that's not true that's funny that right. is mm. that's funny like yeah saying like yeah oh like that happened or uh, whatever that's when we start that getting into the awkward. friends the friends oh, era of comedy yeah what what is uh, friends but gentile random. Seinfeld all right fr- okay friends is not only gentile Seinfeld friends is fucking Friends is like assimilated Seinfeld. That's what Friends it's is. Castrated Seinfeld. Yeah, it's Seinfeld mm. with the foreskin grown back. <laughs> eunuch Seinfeld, high pitched. <laughs> a Jewish eunuch is someone whose foreskin's grown back. Yeah, it's de- it's it's de it's decircumcised Seinfeld. I don't it's know if friends. that makes sense because it, the it, the foreskin <laughs> and I don't know this because I am a Semite, but the foreskin is supposed to add a uh, uh, more sensitivity and feeling which is something mm. that friends mm. lacks okay i agree that the analogy is maybe flawed but i just maybe find it the grows back, <laughs> just like find the grows, idea of it growing back quite funny that's but well here's here's where we can find them the, the the fix is that maybe when it grows back it's like all gnarled scar tissue that's lost all feeling yeah so it's because just a it would husk ha- it would have to be kind of, it'd have to like kind of be grown back like a kind of skin graft situation, right? You'd have to yeah. just like kind of yank the remaining, yep. like, sorry mm-hmm. if this is really, un- have to really take some unpleasant. Skin off your toe or something and yeah. like graft it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you've got some problems because well, then it's got foreskin. like, because you don't want to like a, you don't, a want like, <laughs> you don't want a convert. <laughs> you don't want a foreskin with like a fingerprint. Mm. That's the, like, 
what if you want to commit crimes with your dick? Actually, you know, oh, yeah, no. I just... <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I just like, and now we're back to nonsense. In back which men can commit crimes with their penis. Anyway, since no such crime exists... Um, we'll have to fictionalise it in this yeah. other world. Yeah. This say, new reality... <laughs> I do like though that you were like imagining a penis as like a uh, a sort of blunt weapon, like a like a, a nightstick or like a, uh, a, a baseball I bat. Think, actually, thinking about it as like something that you like could that you could use to like to like steal things or like kind of in like a jewelry heist. Mm. Like it's like, like one oh, of those. This guy's foreskin prints are all over this place. What, like, like one of like, those, like uh, a like a slide whistle kind of thing yeah. with like a thing yeah. attached, like a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, sticking it through a yeah, letterbox exactly. and cooking someone's keys off the shelf. You know, <laughs> yeah. That kind of exactly. Thing. Yeah, mm. yeah. Have to, get, ha- have to get a little kind of periscope yeah. lens to stick on the end. You're robbing the jewelry store, and the other robbers are doing like hoopla, like throwing the bracelets onto your extended penis. <laughs> Ex- your extended penis? Are you like Inspector Gadget now? <laughs> <laughs> well, as in you, you've say, extended it. Like an extended every time hand. I get a boner, I do say "go go gadget penis." <laughs> that is right. That's what? the only way I can get hard what? these days. What, what is yeah. the deal with Inspector Gadgets? Penis. What's the deal with his what penis? What's the, the deal with his pentagadget penis? Because he's just he's just a modified human. He's not a robot, so his penis might just be normal. Do you think they they they're like no? We have to do it to his dick as well. Those are the rules. Well, I it mean, would look I'm, weird if he has modifications everywhere else. I mean, you could like modify it to do you know like helpful things like the rest of his body, where it's like yeah. oh okay, like mm. it vibrates. Or like, oh, yeah. I don't know, like how would it be, you know, helpful? Like, can you expect like, a gadget lactate? Have they built that in? Do you think he could like hit criminals around the face with it, mm. send it around the corner, making him a kind of like rapist vigilante? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> so like, the only thing that stops that stops the criminal penises is a is a good. A good guy with a cock is the only thing. The only thing you have a bad guy with a cock is a good guy with a with a robotic yeah. cock. <laughs> I'm glad we solved it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we still haven't solved the question of whether or not a cab includes Inspector Gadget. So I think mm, we- <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Um, we, is, he, is he technically a serving police officer or is he? Is I he think, sort of I think different- he's an independent private contractor. I think he's basically a mercenary. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's fresh the from the battlefields of Sierra Leone. <laughs> yeah, he's been out trying to do a coup in Venezuela. They had to bring him back because mm. uh, heavily, heavily tattooed, uh, fucking Inspector Gadget just sitting on the back of a technical in Iraq. Um, <laughs> I just, I love like Inspector Gadget, like sitting in a big crate full, like with holes, while they're two like black rifle coffee. Like neck fat idiot, <laughs> like guys that like are sent over, you know, who are, are like arguing over like which one knows less Spanish. <laughs> Inspector Gadget's just like out of his hat comes a small espresso, and as he just sips in his fucking crate. <laughs> Have you ever? That would heard be cool the... if he was on trial at the Hague, and he just like got the little espresso bis- poison out of his own head. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> Inspector Gadget indicted for war crimes in Serbia. Inspector Radko. Inspector Radchik. Radko Gadget. He just shows up in the in the, the new Adam Curtis movie in like a weirdly positive light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, mm. Have you ever heard the uh, Inspector Gadget song by Five? Do you remember Five? Yeah. Uh, Exclamation mark instead of the eye. Yeah. Is it the theme song? No, this is what this is what is so uh, puzzling. Josh, were five ever a thing in America, or are we talking yeah, absolute it, British voice right now? They were a oh, they were a British boy band from the late nineties and early noughties. They were British. They were. They were. They were good. Five. They, they had made, some... They mostly did covers, didn't they? they did. They, no. they, they were their, their biggest. Wasn't their biggest hit a cover of "We Will Rock You"? It wasn't their biggest hit. Their what? biggest hit is like is "Got the Feeling," surely. Or like, I'm not sure or I remember ev- that song. If you got the feeling, jump up to the ceiling. Are we getting down tonight? No. Nope. Or everybody nope. get up. Everybody How's that one up? go? Everybody get up. Sing it. One, two, three. Okay, I do four. know that one. Yeah. Mm. Nope. Five will make you get down now. Truly, the John Lennon of staple their era. Of, uh, staple of wedding discos. That one. Hmm. Um, yeah, and they had, and they for some reason they had as a se- this was because this was when. Albums quite routinely had secret tracks like hidden at the end of the CD. Oh yeah, dude, mm. uh, so that was a fun time. Uh, and they had, yeah, they had a secret track on their second album, which is a kind of pop rap about Inspector Gadget. And uh, nice. and, oh, every, and every so often, I, I, I have cause to remember this, and I bring this up, and nobody else has ever heard it. And so I have no proof that it wasn't like a kind of anaesthetic dream that this song ever existed. Your, but I think yeah, it did. Mandela yeah. effect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> but yeah. it's a, it's even more specific than the Mandela effect. It's uh yeah. yeah, just rapping about what Inspector Gadget's dick is like. What are our theories? <laughs> go go Mr. Gadget go that's the name. Spell it out till it don't sound the same. G A D E T. Wow, you you not only do you know the song, you know the lyrics. Oh yeah. The banger. Why would you spell it out so it don't sound the same? That sounds like it's like spectrum-y oh, it's ca- behavior. Oh, it, it, it's counterproductive. I mean, <laughs> Inspector Gadget's lie. name actually has an Irish spelling. It's very, <laughs> it's very counterintuitively spelled. <laughs> yeah. Now, who's that guy with the claw for a hand? Go, Mr. Gadget, with a master plan. Saying he's got a claw for a hand makes it sound like he's like Captain Hook or something. Dr. Claw. No, Dr. Claw. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that the enemy of yeah, Inspector Gadget? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Inspector Gadget. Oh. Surely the enemy of Inspector Gadget would surely be some kind of Luddite. <laughs> that would be the natural. <laughs> like, a guy who just hates technology. A guy who just hates the. He just has a big oh. tattoo with a loom mm. with like a circle with a line through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like, uh, yeah, the, the Unabomber is the natural enemy of Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like his, his enemies just like showing up. Go, just go like gadget <laughs> mail scanner. Just like throwing his clogs like at Inspector Gadget, just like hoping to like kind of scramble his rhythm. Is like mm. I was gonna say his horrible rhythms, news, but I don't mean Ins- that, do I? Horrible news today. Breaking news: Inspector Gadget beaten to death with r- smooth stones. <laughs> <laughs> it was his one weakness. Into tools. <laughs> you know, he simply you know that fact about the origin of the word sabotage right what uh sabot- invented by the beastie boys <laughs> yes yeah first of all yes mm. um finally something sa- jewish again i feel at home <laughs> <laughs> a uh sabot i think it's pronounced like that don't correct mm. me if it isn't uh is a kind of it's french for one of those like rough hewn kind of wooden clogs oh okay and uh the the, fr- the sort of French arm of the Luddites when they mm. wanted to uh, damage they, farming they machinery. <laughs> see, see. Um, when they wanted to damage the farming machinery. And they were just Luddites their- 
they were just Luddites who um, liked 13 year olds instead of 15 year olds. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's about, that's about, that's about right. Right. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm, for a steam loom I'm not sure if they were specifically Luddites, <laughs> but like, yeah, so that when they wanted to like, yeah, yeah. Dest- they destroy the farming machinery that was mm. like replacing them and stealing their jobs. And they would do that by taking off their clogs and Much throwing the immigrants them. do now. Well, um, and throwing them into the machine. And that's mm. what the word sabotage comes from. It's from yeah. sabotage. There you go. And, there you go. and Phoebe's fact corner. That actually ties in really well because throwing shoes at things you don't like is raging against the machine, whether it is a, a steam loom or George W. Bush. That's right. That is right, yeah. I, did you in see, that respect, did you, he was a true saboteur. Did you see the other day? Uh, um, like, because whenever that comes up, the guy who threw his shoe, he in, always replies. Like, he always replies to it. Like, oh, you I know, love great, him on Twitter. Great, He's solid great. guy. Somebody tried to cancel him. The they OG were just good like, account. it's like you, you are aware that this guy is like a homophobe. It's like, oh come on, shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah. You can't cancel. It's like you can't cancel him. You can't cancel Egg Boy because they're not people. They just did a thing. It's just yeah, you're yeah, yeah. you're celebrating the action. They don't yeah. have a platform. No. Yeah. I mean, I think they have a platform. <laughs> they 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 take it off and throw it. The, yeah, exactly. The defense is not strictly a person. So yeah. 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 Are you suggesting to me that Iraq has slightly different social mores to the Western <laughs> Anglosphere? Are you suggesting to me that the average Iraqi man might have said some homophobic things? I'd refuse yeah, you- to believe that. Did you know that like Iraq actually does not suffer one f- at all from imposter syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> not one person there has ever had it. Yeah, Iran are the imposters. Um, oh God. Okay. Going back to going back to uh, going back to clogs. Uh, one of my ex girlfriends, her great grandfather, uh, was beaten to death with a clog in a bar fight in uh, in like the early twentieth century in the north of England somewhere. Jesus Christ! That yeah. rocks. <laughs> Yeah, the funniest part that is that awful. the funniest part was that her family were half Dutch, but it was the English side of the family where they'd had the clog related death. Yeah, no, that makes it extremely funny. Yeah, um, do you have any clog related? <laughs> any clog I tragedies? Ha- I don't have any clog tragedies or clog victories. Really, I, I've I've lived sort of a clog free life, <laughs> clog free uh, existence. My shoes are normally some sort of leather or synthetic leather. Mm. Uh, I have not I've never worn the closest thing I came was uh, when I was you know when you're a teenager and you're like hey what's a personality Uh, Mm. I um, I I was like what if I wore platform shoes like that was just like one of the things like I was like hey what if I I do hate George W. Bush (laughs) (laughs) I was 17 I was like what if I wore platform shoes so I once wore Mm -hmm. platform shoes to see Billy Joel uh, oh hell yeah yeah, and that's the only shoe-related anecdote I can think and of. And we're back to Jewish culture yet again. Yeah, that's yeah, right. See, I can't escape it. Can't escape I it. I went with my Bubby and Zadie. When it's in your mm. blood, did you? That's <laughs> yeah. delightful. Yeah, my Zadie reminds me a lot of Seinfeld's dad in this episode, getting back to the For the a minute, episode. I thought you were going to say that your Zadie reminds you a lot of Billy Joel, which would be less surprising. Mm. No, yeah, he, my Zadie has never gotten drunk and driven a motorcycle into somebody's home. So, no. Did Billy Joel do that? Oh, that. yeah. That's like one of the best things Billy Joel's ever done. The second best <laughs> thing Billy Joel's ever done was like a recent interview with the New York Times where he was like, why, why am I going to write new songs? What am I going to write about? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I have nothing to say. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I'm an old man and everything's fine. 
is, is the motorcycle being driven into the home a line from we didn't start the fire? No, but it is the motorcycle sound from moving out. Amazing. Oh, there's also a motorcycle sound at the start of Uptown Girl. Man loves motorcycle yeah, sounds. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uptown Girl's a fucking banger. It is. You can't say fairer than that. Look, if you're not on the floor when you hear Uptown Girl, if you're not in the middle of that floor, yeah. then I don't know what to say to you. You've got no joy. Do not call it a Westlife you're, song. You're um, never going to be blessed with God's light. That is true. Anyway, uh, let's return right. to the subject because um, yeah. I've read so, yeah, we're they, sort they, of running out of time. They have this bit where they're talking about uh, why Elaine and Jerry aren't sleeping together anymore. And he's like, well, we can't really be friends when we sleep together. And then Jerry's dad is like, why do you need more friends? And this is exactly how I feel all the time. That was a um, great joke. Yeah. Whenever it's suggested that uh, me and someone I was slash am seeing could be friends, it's like, no. No, that category is full. <laughs> There's no, I don't have time for any more friends. There will be no more friends. It's because when you're friends with women, you have to start a podcast with them and your diary's pretty full. That is right, yeah. <laughs> I, have th- I have three female friends and I do podcasts with all of them. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah and that's true. That's, true. Like, that's how, that's how it be. I don't have any room for any more podcasts. No, I said friends, Milo. I said we should be friends. Yep, I heard you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know. You're a woman, you want us to be friends, you want to start a podcast. I get it. I just don't have <laughs> Look, time. Look, they what they say is true. Men and women can't be friends without recording it. <laughs> I'm actually one of those like weird libertarian guys and I record all my conversations with women just in case it comes up in court. Like that's <laughs> and podcasting is just an excellent cover for that. That's really what do- Richard Nixon was up to in the first place. <laughs> he was just yeah. podcasting. He was the original podcaster. Yeah, he was a exactly. true crime podcaster, but it was about him. <laughs> if you like what you hear of this. <laughs> If you like what you hear, why don't you smash the subscribe button? <laughs> Only give a five-star review, goddammit. In many ways, that's what being a politician is. It's asking people to subscribe. Oh, that's deep, Like, man. subscribe, share. <laughs> mm, exactly. Uh, that's what, that's what is do, voting, but liking, subscribing, and sharing. I, I do feel like... Uh, I, 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 I tend to, I may, I'm not as hardline as you, Milo, but I do mm. feel like um, if you're not friends with the person before you date them, right? Yeah. Like if you didn't mm. know them in the friend group or whatever before you date them, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't like when you break up, it's for, it's for a reason. I guess mm. you can stay. I, I, I'm all about staying friendly, but yeah, like not amicable. like. Yeah, like friendly, like, oh, yeah, like we'll go get coffee like once or twice, like in the year or two after we break up just to catch up or whatever. And then if mm. we, you know, see each other around, it's nice. Yeah, uh, yeah, But yeah. you don't have to fuck it. If you weren't friends first, I don't know. I don't, I don't I'm, I'm even more hardline. I have no I have no sympathy with that at all. Once, like, once, once I stop seeing someone, that's it. Phoebe doesn't even remember any of them. No. They're gone. <laughs> They're gone. Yeah, I've had that. I've like I've I've consulted with some higher ups, and I've had their records expunged. That's right. Yeah, she's had them killed. Yeah, yeah, they're all yeah, dead. They're all dead. It's- Try looking up her ex boyfriends. You won't find them. No. Yeah, <laughs> unless you want to uh, like un- unless you want to look up, up a picture the concrete of, a dead of the M40. Guy. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to go to the cemetery. <laughs> unless you want to see a, like something gross in the woods. Yeah, not saying <laughs> That's which what I woods. Call a cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Refuse to uh, uh, refuse to incriminate myself. Which woods? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, which woods? But uh, yeah, there's a lot of woods to be. So if you want to find them, start looking now. I got a lot Look, of woods. This is to get a lovely. Through. This is a lovely forest-laden country. It could be any woods. Well, exactly. I don't, yes. 
I, I feel like I, I do agree that like when you do break up with somebody, when I do at least, and I recommend this mm. to my friends too, you got to mm. like shut off the social media and all that like mute. I love the mute for yeah, that yeah, purpose yeah. where it's just, you need like a month minimum mm. of just like not seeing and not hearing, like not calling or texting or whatever, just to like, yeah. that's what I always recommend for friends that are going through a breakup. Just like whatever it takes, like just don't look, at a picture of them or hear their voice. Oh yeah, yeah. The no, the, yeah, no, no, the, no, the no, the no contact rule. It's a really, it's a yeah. really, really good rule. It works mm. very well. Yeah. You only look at pictures of Julia Louis Dreyfus in workout clothes. Yeah. That's the that's the <laughs> trick. Yeah, exactly. And you're you like, well, no woman could it. ever compare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got so. to say like, I got to do this. I can't, I yeah. can't talk to you or see you for like a month, and then we'll talk in a month. Uh, but yeah. it doesn't mean mm. I hate you. I just need this for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Even if it does mean you hate, what a wholesome, what a wholesome turn this podcast has it taken has, from. Yeah, like from, it's like normal, like normally meandering origins. Normally, kind of dating advice corner is just like, okay, so what you want to do? What you want to do is uh, <laughs> when you break up with him, I've got the number of a guy you can talk to. Just yeah. <laughs> Harvey Keitel from Pulp Fiction <laughs> makes his return yeah. to the podcast. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Mister Wolf, <laughs> he solves problems. That's sending Harvey Keitel on one of those like on those like dating advice pods where it's just like if he mm. does that, ladies, that's a deal breaker. And then Harvey Keitel's like, deal breaker. I've got the acid. I've got the bathtub. Let's go. Mm. You're calling that ghosting. Look, you- I'll tell you about ghosting. <laughs> if you that's really want to, if you want to show him like being a ghost, it's like I got a bathtub full of lie. <laughs> oh, that's really that's a, that's a really good Harvey Keitel. We're gonna have to oh, get you back you. for the next time we need a Kaitel voice because Milo's is a sack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you went from lightly praising my Kaitel to then being like, "No, nah, we found a better Kaitel." Well, we're, we're fucking we're done with that I'm one. I'm very, I'm very fickle when it comes to Kaitel. <laughs> and with your boyfriends. <laughs> hey. No, it just seems like when you make up your mind, you make up your mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. And ha- bring Harvey Kaitel in. Yeah, she's organizing having me killed as we speak. Um, so I've never. Actually, we, we haven't actually <laughs> no, got to the meat of the episode yet. Um, no, we haven't. No, which true. is that, uh, so Jerry's parents' friend, uh, Mr. Klompus, comes around, um, and he offers Jerry this fancy pen. Uh, we've, kind of, we've alluded to this already. Uh, Jerry sort of doesn't necessarily want the pen, but he is caught in this dilemma about whether to accept the pen or not. He accepts the pen, and then Jerry's parents are like, why did you accept the pen? You shouldn't have accepted the pen. He offered it you thinking you would refuse the pen. And he's like, well, he shouldn't have offered it to me. This argument continues. We then cut to nighttime where Jerry and Elaine can't sleep because the air conditioning is not on. And Elaine scene, is on this. Yeah. This, this scene, the dialogue quality was of like soft core pornography. Like this was like, just like <laughs> which oh, is what I it was. Sleep. Oh no! Oh, maybe I could keep you awake. Like that's really where it felt like it was gonna go. Like that was the low quality mm. of this dialogue. I felt so bad for JLD. Yeah, and we've got dripping with sweat, JLD. Yeah, which is in right. one of her Victorian nineties as well. Yeah, another, like, every, like every yeah, single, another ordeal for me. Like every single scene calibrated to cause Milo the maximum psychic damage. Absolutely. Um, that's all this is. It's been a very long. It's been a very long quarantine. Yeah, and I am you forced think for every week. Uh, He's got a thing for anything that JLD should uh, should choose to comport herself in. <laughs> yeah, basically, there was a lot of That's comporting in this episode. There's a lot of comporting. She was comporting herself, all right. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. I don't even know what I mean by yeah, that. That's right. Comport we're, for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Comport for daddy. 
<laughs> she's just there, she's her, like, just there in her like Victorian ghost child nighty, just like frolicking for you. Mm. Yeah. I'm looking to get into a kind of like uh, dom slash comporting sub <laughs> relationship. Hold on, so you, oh, what you're asking for is Julia Louis Dreyfus to reenact the Weathering Heights video? Yeah, that's what he's after. That's yeah. really all that he okay, wants. First as of all, far where did you get tell. my dream journal from? <laughs> Um, Ethereal dancing uh, with a, a, a slightly Semitic person. Yeah. Is yeah. she Jewish? She's Jewish, right? Uh, she, Her hair uh, certainly is. She, no, she is, but Elaine is not. Okay. Mm. Yeah. The character is not for reasons best known to the writers. I don't really get it because she so obviously is. But we're doing inclusivity. Right. <laughs> we need some non-Jews on this show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's what it's about. More assimilation. I mean, they do have Kramer. Kramer yeah. is also not supposed to be Jewish. Right, I know, but I mean, ridiculously you can tell that, again, ridiculously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mm. no, no, JL, like the idea that JLD isn't is just it's just it's just dumb. Like we just can't like just like Ridiculous. the ep- the episode where that is determined. I just yeah. I just blot it from my memory Wouldn't because stand it, up in court. It would not stand up in court. No. Yeah. And so she can't sleep on the the air bed, the like very stiff sofa bed. It's got like a metal bar that's been hurting her back. In my notes here, I just have written "sweaty JLD." Is there no mercy? <laughs> um, uh, another the next day, another guest arrives at their house, and she asks Jerry, "So where's the new pen?" She's oh, like, "That's she was some great. good pen." So I hear, yeah. yeah. And so the the implication is that uh, this guy's wife has been phoning up everyone, telling them about the pen. Just incident. like a little sidebar, again, like. If we're just going to go into some kind of yeah. uh, ethnic analysis of this episode, yeah, the fact that Jerry has a particular voice that he only uses with his parents' like favorite best friend, like his kind of like auntie kind of figure, mm. um, is the most Jewish fucking thing in the world. Like the like, you say like hello to all of them, but then you got like your favorite one, and then for them you're like. Like it's 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 very very specific and again completely mm. mysterious and obscure to the gentile eye. And that is in, in the Talmud. My, in my, <laughs> we do have that in our family too. And that voice is hello. Yeah, That's, it's that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, like your uh, favorite auntie, you have a special voice for her, and you just do. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And I I did feel like in this uh, portion, it also represented another very Jewish thing. We we did talk about eunuchs earlier, but um, having little mm. birds, uh, the way that gossip travels, you know. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. like, oh well, did you hear? Yeah, you know, Jerry yeah. took the pen. Yeah. Uh, that I told like, him not. That, I told him not to. Mm. I told him. Yeah. I told I him, but no one it. listens. But no one listens yeah. to me, and I should drop dead. <laughs> I thought his career was going well, but he took the pen. I took the pen. There are actually oh. lots of little birds chirping in the background of Josh's audio right now. Yeah, it's rather nice. Ah, yeah. Thought <laughs> the his Jewish comedy community career of was... Los Angeles making themselves <laughs> known. Yeah. Thought his comedy yeah. career was going okay, but uh, my nephew saw his, saw his show mm. in New York and uh, apparently hasn't got any new material for months. Mm. Yeah. So I hear. Classic. So don't quote oh, cool. me. Don't quote me. That's just what I heard. That's just what I heard. That was the that was the that was the classic bit where I just felt a bit of comedian sympathy for Jerry was when Uncle Leo told him that he'd seen him do a joke three <laughs> times. And now just no one understands how stand up comedy works. Yeah. Like, yeah. And when he says you should get some get Jeffrey to write your jokes. Oh yeah. One of my one of my my dad has a really annoying older brother. Um 
Well, I mean, my dad doesn't continue to have him, but the older brother is still alive. So the, the saying had would have been misleading. Um, and uh, this man likes to occasionally phone me up, uh, or rather he phones my mum up and then asks if I'm there. And my mum will usually deny that I'm there unless it's impossible. And then one time he got me on the phone and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to. Uh, and he's like, so you're still doing comedy. Yeah? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, Ray, I'm going to organize something for you. And I'm like, please don't do that. Uh, what what are you going to organize? And he's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll just tell you about it if I manage it. And then months later, he revealed to me that what he had done was that he had discovered that he, he sells office chairs and that he had found out that his company had sold an office chair to Jonathan Ross. Um, <laughs> British uh, British chat show host. Back, back we go to British light entertainment. Yeah, and uh, and he had via his company tried to be like, oh, could you um uh? He went to like his secretary and he was like, oh yeah, could you just like get me Jonathan Ross's uh, phone number so I can phone him up about my nephew? And she's like, you can't do that. That's against the law. Like, <laughs> there's like data protection rules about what you can do with customers' phone numbers. And he's like, oh okay then. And so then he wrote like a long rambling letter to Jonathan Ross's agent about how he should have me on his show. <laughs> and he was like, and he was like, he's never called me back. And I'm like, wow, what a surprise. That, see, that, that is. It- is- that's Jewish uncle behavior. I was I was going to say that's, that is incredibly like, that's the, that's Jewish behavior. That's the most behavior. Jewish thing I've incredibly ever fucking Jewish. heard. All Jewish My- uncles know a guy and are going to make a few phone calls. They're like they're never they are never more than two minutes away from making a few huh. phone calls. Maybe, yeah. my, maybe my family maybe, are Jewish. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think like you come on, you're in the garment industry. You're out in Essex. Oh like God. come on, yeah, mm. like come on, come on, dude. Yeah, they're all Tottenham it. fans. That's it. You're getting outed. You're in Look, the tribe. <laughs> this force game goes is, right off. I mean, if we want to talk about, like, I know there's been a lot of talk about uncles among the left uh, over the past couple of years, but mm. the, the the specific Jewish uncle behavior, like, that, that mm. is very much the same. I have a Jewish uncle, my uncle Denny. Uh, mm. My uncle Denny, every time I see him, he goes, Josh, Josh, baby, boobola. Uh, you, when are you going to come with me to Bill Maher? I got to introduce you to Bill Maher. We're good friends. We're good friends. I got to introduce you to Bill Maher. And I was like, Uncle Danny, you're friends with Bill Maher? He's like, I go to every taping. He knows me. (laughs) That is his (laughs) level of friendship with Bill Maher. He would do me a personal favor. Exactly. Like, he is a close personal friend. As soon as they start saying someone's a personal friend, that means that this is someone who they've literally never fucking spoken to. That's Mm, what personal friend means in Jewish uncle. Yeah. Or That's have right. spoken to in the context of like waiting for coffee or oh, at yeah. an event where the other person is at work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, in a very kind of like normal, like appropriate and normal workplace context. That's mm. a close personal friend. Yeah. No, no, I'm glad, we, I'm glad you're on board with this one, Josh. Absolutely. Uh, so then uh, uh, basically Jerry goes, uh, Jerry goes uh, uh, scuba diving without Elaine because she's dying from her bad back. He comes back with two black eyes because his capillaries burst I from lo- the pressure. I, I love the bit where Helen's like, what's down there that's so special? Because again, this is just like so good. with my yeah. mother. Yeah. So good. The idea, what <laughs> could be found at the bottom of the ocean? What's down there that's so special? Yeah, there yeah, is the, nothing under there that is any of your business, kiddo. Like mm. You stay up mystery- here where you belong. Mm. <laughs> the mysteries of the beyond have absolutely no like they the no they mm. carry no water for the Jewish people because yeah. you mm. might catch a cold. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Mr. Klompus comes in and goes, What is there to see underwater? What I should catch a cold? You want me to catch pneumonia and die? Right, exactly. Yeah. I should be so lucky. 
Um, and so, uh, yeah, uh, so Columbus comes in and he, Jerry offers him back the pen, which he takes. And then Jerry's dad starts having an argument with him about how could you take the pen back? Like, have you no shame? Um, they have a big argument about the nature of uh, all, all of the things that we've previously discussed about, the, you know, the Talmudic uh, rules about who, who gives and receives and under what circumstances. Um, the problem we- is, is that yeah. you must all at all times be a giving person, but you must also be like polite and accept and yeah. and like those that um, uh, uh, contradiction is the, the the heightening of that contradiction creates the material conditions of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. This is And that's I why think Jewish that's, grinder would be a nightmare. I think that's honestly I think that's the the most perceptive way I've ever heard it put. Like but that's absolutely true. You've sold this being episode, Jewish. Well done. <laughs> this episode has done more for the British left in the eyes of the Jewish people than, you know, like I, I think that you should this should be in the Guardian. Look, I feel comforted. <laughs> that's right. We've now resolved anti-Semitism. Yeah, I feel like I've I've been seen. Yeah, that is. I knew I could do it. Yeah, yeah. Next, we're going to start. I knew all I needed was me. (laughs) Next, you're going to start on what? Austria. I thought you said ostriches. It's like (laughs) 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 they're an anti-Semitic bird. I'm calling them out. We lost it. We immediately lost it all. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy Corbyn, in in parentheses, fan. Compares Jews to ostriches. <laughs> <laughs> Suggests Jews are flightless. <laughs> what is there up there to see anyway? <laughs> okay, well, first of all, that's yeah. fucking true. Yeah. I don't Jews think would ostr- be the flightless birds. Jews would I be think, the flightless I think, birds. Yeah, I think mm. ostriches are Jewish. That's what, yeah. that's what right. I think. So are penguins. Yeah, no, mm. no, penguins are... Ex- uh, yeah, come on. Penguins are, ex- are extremely Jewish. Yeah. And Race crow... Crows Graceful are the in only the water, but they don't choose to go in. Yeah, I would say crows are the only Jew- bir- uh, birds that are capable of flight that are Jewish because they hold a grudge. Yes, uh, yeah. they do. They hold a grudge and they love getting divorced. Yeah, can and imagine they remember- actually <laughs> they visit their parents and they remember your face. Yeah, yeah, they mm. yeah literally when crow when crow relationships end, the uh, the adult crow returns to their parents' nest. Wow, which is more exactly more, just like more being Jewish a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, incredibly yeah. Jewish. Well, yeah. being a podcaster is one of is one of the more Jewish professions. Mm. I can um, traditionally a Jewish. Pro- it's because yeah. we were, it's because we were lo- traditionally locked out of like quite mm. a lot of like industries and businesses. So we had like had no choice other than to start podcasts. Yeah, Jews go. famously not big in um, you know establishment entertainment. Have to do no. independent entertainment. Yeah, this is why our, I will uh, say. They're, they're, sorry, but really quickly, just to close the mm. book on Jewish birds, um, uh, <laughs> and I know that I know Jewish that means birds, something yeah, different. Right. I know I know that means something different to you guys. I know uh, a couple, uh, but uh, I, the reason why crows are the only Jewish birds that can fly is because they use their ability of flight to visit their parents more. I just yeah. wanted to close the book with that. <laughs> yeah. That's- <laughs> that's true i mean like honestly like i would say like every crow has parents in florida i would say like rooks ravens <laughs> like all of them magpies i reckon they're all under the jewish umbrella I reckon all the goth birds all corvids are jewish i think mm. like even the name corvid sounds like you know you should have like an aunt corvid yeah like oh yeah that's yeah. my aunt corvid like she like 
She li- she lives out in Florida. Like her and my mum had a row f- that like from like fifty years ago, and they're still not like completely over it. They had a row over a tricycle. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's a great COVID. Yeah, it's COVID. COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's Jeremy good one. COVID. Um, oh, and, uh, Jeremy COVID. There you go. Him as a big. Yeah, that's that's probably a terrible shit post account called Jeremy Corvid. No, I think like there him is as a big crow. Yeah, yeah no, I think there Ugh, is. Horrific. Yeah. Um, that's it. why Hate you guys it. fucking lost. Yeah, like no, honestly, no, like I don't think anyone should try and be funny and under any circumstances. I think is a really disgusting. It is thing cultural to try appropriation to from the Jews. <laughs> it, um, okay, yes. yeah. First, <laughs> Thank first you. of all, I first actually all. think this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first of all, that's why I just, I just, I'm just refereeing this, uh, this conversation here. Um, you need one Gentile just to keep things on track. Oh, and then... oh, oh, do we? <laughs> Excuse me? Do we? We Excuse need a Gentile me? referee, do we? To manage Look, us. Let's, just, let's keep this a good, clean Jewish bicker, okay? Let's just, you know, <laughs> I'm here in a bow tie, just calling the rounds. Um, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. I, I understand my place. Um, so then we cut to this event, which, to be honest, I didn't really understand what this event was really supposed to be about. So they're, like, congratulating Jerry's dad for having been the president of the Condo Association. Yeah, it's, it's usually outgoing president, so they're having a dinner for him. That's not what what's what's complicated about and that. It just struck me as bizarre to have this big of an event over something so unimportant. No, see, this is now. Now you're you're straying from the path of the chosen. Um, so what happens <laughs> when when uh, large groups of Jews congregate in uh, mm-hmm. hot weather climbs? Um, mm-hmm. You know your Palm Springs. If you're a West Coast Jew like myself uh, in America, yeah. um, uh, Florida. If you're an East Coast Jew, uh, when they congregate, they they have to. They have to put on events for each other or they'll die. Like that's yeah. kind of the only thing that keeps old Jews alive mm. is yeah. roasting each other publicly. Yeah. Um, and that's why like they will come up with any sort of situation that gives themselves stress. So they have to host something stress because they have to be honored stress because they have to honor somebody who they have a grudge. That's not so secret about mm. uh, like and these, these like tiny uh, like interwoven network of neuroses, mm. uh, like that is the the nerve, like the nerve uh, uh, endings of your Jewish hot weather communities. So yeah. they'll come no, up no, with no, anything. Oh, right. Right. Okay, Oscar parties. Like even, even I know this. <laughs> mm. Yeah, canasta. You know, mahjong. Uh, mm. You know, watching games. the Super Bowl. Yes, so that exactly. is what was going on with the last like, two Jews an- in like, Kabul, essentially. An- anniversary parties, etc. But mm-hmm. like, what I think is interesting about this episode, and specifically the Jewishness of this episode, is that you would, like like I said, to a Gentile viewer, this looks mm. like an episode about like the about the trope of like Jewish like tightness and penny and like penny pitching and penny counting and it's actually very very specifically about the complex web of Jewish generosity that's actually what it's about yeah mm. and it's very sad that you're too foreskinny to understand that Milo I just can't <laughs> and, and, hear it through my big foreskin <laughs> but if that's you think about problem. it I mean that's why Jews invented the roast as the celebration yeah. because they know yeah. that they can't they can't they have to be so genu- generous. Saying they- Jews invented a roast. 
<laughs> that they have to be so generous that they can't accept uh, just compliments, mm. right? Yeah. Like, right, like right, it right. has to be insults as the only thing that'll make them okay with accepting mm. the praise. Yeah, and it's and it's something it's something that makes uh, that makes assimilation very difficult because the Jewish love language is being as like r- personally rude as you possibly can, and the ruder yeah. you are, the more insulting you are, the more you are indicating your esteem and regard. And unfortunately, because. Uh, I've just realized what close friends Phoebe and I clearly are <laughs> at this very moment. Because um, like se- because like the settled the, the settled non-ghettoized peoples uh are like abound by like conventions of passive aggressive mm. politeness and weak passer mm-hmm. whereas yeah. the wanderers have no choice but to like forge this kind of very instant intimacy by like working out exactly what someone is the most self-conscious about and making fun of them for it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Mm. That's right. Again, um, solving Jewishness. Okay, we, we've, we've resolved it, folks. <laughs> One um, Seinfeld scene Jewish at a time. Question. The Jewish <laughs> question has been answered. <laughs> That's right. The only good Jewish question. We've, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to reclaim the term Jewish question. Hmm, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jewish questions. Found a blog. Roy. Yeah. Um, well, the answer to the Jewish question is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually. Yeah. Pretty good. All right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah some guys come to the wrong conclusions on this one before. <laughs> actually, I think it's all right. Um, Asked and so answered, my friend. At this event, uh, Elaine is very high on, I presume, she is supposed to be Valium. It's muscle relaxants. Which is Valium is a muscle relaxant. It is seems it? like she's on Valium. That's okay. kind of the vibe she's giving off. As a, as mean, a person of drugs, <laughs> like we've heard from we've heard from the Jews. As a drug taker, I like um, this seems like a Valium culture. <laughs> <laughs> Pills are exactly. culture, baby. That's right. Uh, yeah, this is white people culture being whacked off your face at Valium at an event. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, look, I used to date a girl from the Bay Area. I know about white chicks and their Valium, right? We we know about this. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, she, uh, Jerry's aunt Stella arrives. Uh, Elaine keeps shouting Stella in the cat on a hot tin roof voice. It's not cat on a hot tin roof. Is it not? No. Oh, is it streetcar? Street oh, yeah. Well, Tennessee Williams, one of them. Whatever. You know, one of the... One it's of, of a genre. One of the, one of the Tennessees. Um, yeah, but it's plays. a... But it's a really yeah. famous bit in the streetcar when he's like at the foot of the stairs going, Stella! Well, yeah, I'm obviously, I'm aware of the bit. I just forgot Stella! which of the plays it was in. <laughs> Look, it was in it, a uh, streetcar named Marge. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, and then uh, Mr. Klompus is giving the speech about Jerry's dad. Jerry's dad starts heckling about the pen. A physical fight ensues. <laughs> uh, Jerry attempts to do stand-up to calm things down. I'm immediately thinking, I've done worse gigs than this. Like, I have this is, Like, it's bad, but it's not that bad. <laughs> um, no. What, wait, what's a worse, really quickly, what's a worse gig for you? Because I, I have one that comes to mind. Oh man, I've done I've done so many terrible ones. I did once do one at uh, at the foot of an escalator in a shopping center. I was being <laughs> I was being paid a lot of money to do, but it was like really badly organized. And they were like, and they brought just loads of like small children were like in the front row. But it was like they were like they were playing music in the shopping center. Like people were just walking past. All the crowd were standing, and then like literally thirty seconds before we were going on, they're like, oh by the way, there's going to be children there, so don't do anything like swearing or about sex or whatever. And I'm like, you can't do this. I'm like, why are there children there? And then. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's like a family event. I'm like, why have you booked stand-up comedy for a family event? Are you sure do you, you were understand? booked to do it and you weren't just doing your material at the foot of an escalator? 
Maybe. Maybe it was, it was like a fucking, it was like a, a Shutter Island type situation. <laughs> they, they, um, they thought they'd got in a Santa and you were just yeah. like, oh. Uh, yeah. That's so I not just, what I, I came just prepared did for. all of my, all of my uh, regular material and there were just some appalled looking parents there. But of course, four-year-old children don't care. They don't even know what you're talking about. They're just like yeah, playing with fucking true. Tonka trucks exactly. at the front. Yeah. So uh, that was that was pretty awkward, Josh. What about yours? What about yours, Josh? So yeah, like I, I have a um, I used to shoot like uh, reality, like travel shows to mm. make money because I'm from Los Angeles and you can't get like a real job. Um, yeah. You know, uh, unless you're you go to Emerson or Harvard. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I used to do that for money and, um, it was like right when I started stand up, and I was too stupid to understand that this was a terrible idea, but we were filming mm-hmm. the Sturgis motorcycle rally, which you might know as that massive super spreader Trumpy event that happened in America oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. where like right at like the beginning of COVID, uh, a bunch of guys on motorcycles were like, let's all drive from different parts of the country and meet. Um, <laughs> So the basically what happens is like every year for a couple weeks, this one campground in South Dakota becomes the second most populous city in South Dakota. And um, uh-huh. the way I would describe it is like the middle of a Venn diagram between um, a Trump rally and an episode of HBO's Real Sex. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, they had a... a um, shipping container that they had turned into a casino mm. uh on the campground and it's like a big campground i mean it's enough obviously mm. to have like thousands of people like camping yeah, there. yeah yeah um and uh they had turned a shipping container into a casino that you could smoke inside of and they had a comedy thing right. happening and i was on a break uh from like interviewing uh pillheads and i was like hey <laughs> can i do stand up here like i asked the booker and he's like oh no he saw that i was like with the film crew from la and so, you know, here's some fucking road dog that like has I, I had no idea has decades of resentment towards me um, uh, uh. from his career doing road gigs in the Black Hills of South Dakota. So he mm. introduces me as, uh, hey, folks, we got a city boy all the way here from Los Angeles <laughs> to tell us about yeah. a bunch of liberal bullshit. Uh, and <laughs> half of the crowd walks in oh my, my intro. Oh, I bombed yeah. harder than I've ever bombed before. Uh, oh that point, I was about like a year in. Um, and, you know, your first year of stand-up is all bombing. And I thought I knew what bombing mm. was like until that moment. Uh, mm. But I will say at the very end of it, uh, a, a kid who was way too young to be inside of the <laughs> shipping container casino comedy club uh, came, <laughs> comes up to me and he's like, hi, I'm 17 and I have to get out of here. I've read a Kurt Vonnegut book before. What do I do? Oh, <laughs> like, oh you that's, poor child. That's the most delightful thing I've ever heard. That's like, My, save like me. Noah Baumbach needs to make a film about that kid. Right? <laughs> the poor child. My advice was like, I would never say this to anybody else, but go to college somewhere <laughs> that's not in Somewhere that's not fucking here. Yeah. Somewhere Leave. on the coast, ideally. Or yeah. possibly possibly Chicago. Canada. Fuck it. Anywhere. Fuck it. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I love right. I love that Morty starts like genuinely taking offense at Jack's like gentle roasting. Mm. Um and start saying like tell him how you g- gave my kid a pen and then took <laughs> it back tell him about that and then that escalates into uh Jack mm. leading a campaign to have uh Morty uh I think impeached or like have like a vote of no confidence or something which is just and they're going to kick them out of the condo association yeah, it's brilliant yeah. it's just so, so good, good. It's that so is the most yeah. Uh, and that, to be fair, that is the only uh, Jewish wasp crossover in this episode is kicking people out of the condo association. Like that. Oh, is... I wouldn't be too sure. We're know. a grudge holding people. Yeah. Although, yeah, it's more you're you're much more likely to want to keep the person you hate around so mm. that you can subject them to your boiling resentment over like a period yeah. of years. You don't want to chuck them out because yeah, then you, you don't they, get they, to yeah. Then you don't get to enjoy being mm. around someone that you hate. Also, you'd have to meet a new person, and why would you want yeah. to do that? Absolutely, I know enough people. Someone who could What's be from out the there sea. That's so interesting. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. don't want to take exactly. that risk. Could be Aquaman. Yeah, and, um, and then Elaine appear- appears again and says, "Stella," having yeah. fallen asleep in her yeah. in her food. Also, so, yeah. it is a no George and no Kramer episode. No George, no Kramer. That's it's right. It's a Jared and yeah. Elaine bottle episode. No George, no Kramer, no Masters. Um, That's right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, just to wrap up, the, then a chiropractor tells Elaine that she can't uh, travel for five days. Jerry's trying to get out of staying with her for the five days. Uh, Jerry's dad has also now slept on the sofa bed and has himself injured his back. Um, and then the episode closes with a bit where F- Jerry is like, is Florida not hot enough? Uh, what is with old people in Florida? If they ever land people on the sun, the only people they'll be able to send are old guys. The, the only people will be able Florida. to handle it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That was pretty that close to a joke. That was pretty yeah. close to a joke. Yeah. Yeah. He's improved over the course of... That's a character arc right there. The stand-up yep. has gotten better. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, so I think that's as good a place as any to, to leave this particular episode. Thank Josh very much for joining us. Thank you so much, Josh. Oh my Josh. goodness. Thank you for having me. What a fun discussion of Judaism. It's a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it also no, weirdly feel, came I, around on Seinfeld yeah, no, a bit I there. Feel which like, was... I feel philosophically nourished. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. Um, well, so I didn't come around on Seinfeld because the episode was written by Larry David. I am still holding uh, on to okay. uh, you're, 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 a, you're a Larry David guy. So it's like mm. so it's like you're not like you're not like religious, but you are like you have like a cultural affinity. So like, you know, yes. yeah, that's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't particularly like Seinfeld, but like, I love Larry David. That's the, that's the analogy. That's right. the, that's yeah. the taxonomy I don't there. do yeah. Purim. I don't do, you know, the one Sukkot. I don't do the ones where yeah. you, you have to dress up or do a, yeah, put uh, a tree no, or like too much work. But once a year I fast. Cause you, you gotta, I don't gotta... fast, but I do eat blintzes. I do break the fast, <laughs> you know. Or, or, well, that, that's all we can ask, really. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I like Being to Jewish listen to the shofar. I like to I like yeah. to hear the shofar every once in a yeah. while, especially if somebody yeah. blows it directly into Rahm Emanuel's face. Who and if you haven't seen that picture, I have haven't seen that picture. I have. It's incredible. Mm. Yeah, it's the yeah. best picture. Yeah. Who ever. fucking doesn't? We love the shofar. There you go. Um, yes. uh, Josh, <laughs> is there anything you would like to plug to our loyal podcast hogs? Uh, sure. Follow me on Twitter at shutupandrosky. If you want to hear okay. a lot about local LA politics. 
There you go. And maybe they do. Yeah. Maybe they, we have more listeners in the US than we do in the UK. So oh, well, <laughs> it's hell possible. Yeah. It's in- entirely possible. It is possible, plausible yeah. that they do. Uh, yeah, you should go You should go check that out. Run, do not walk to uh, <laughs> Josh Androsky's Twitter page uh, for more uh, LA politics and discussions of Judaism. Um, yeah, please at Josh Androsky about uh, any any theories that you have um, about Yeah, what's up about, with the Jews? Hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any, any responses to the Jewish question that you would like to feel? Um, what's wrong? The good one, not the bad one. The, the, the good one. Only the, the one from this one. podcast. Yeah. Not the, not yeah. the, none of the previous interpretations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.